This is Chris Dufault. I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Crookston, Minnesota. I'm pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning and welcome to Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. This is Don Wick reporting from Washington, D.C. and the American Sugar Beet Growers Association Annual Meeting. We'll also hear from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman and, of course, Randy Coonan in studio. There seems to be a different theme for every Farm Bill debate. American Sugar Beet Growers Association Executive Vice President Luther Markwart believes food security will be at the heart of this year's Farm Bill deliberation. And if you look at sugar uh, produced in the Red River Valley and in the northern tier of states, we really feed the central uh, area of the United States, where a lot of food processing companies are. And we're importing 30% of what we use. And given all the difficulties that we've seen in other industries in the pandemic with you know, computer chips and baby formula, I think there's a sensitivity amongst members that say, hey, wait a minute, this is an essential ingredient. It's a strategic ingredient. And that makes the industry a strategic industry to the food system in the United States of America. And you better take care of it. Ad hoc spending has increased in recent years to offset trade wars, the pandemic, and weather disasters. That can't compete with crop insurance, but there are some situations, particularly in farmer-owned co-ops, where uh, when you have a disaster and you have a short crop, like we, we had in 2019, um, uh, we've got to find some way to make sure that these co-ops uh, survive. So I think there'll be a lot of discussion around that. I've heard that in other crops, too, the pulse crops and, and things, is, is we've got to make sure that we stabilize our processing into this business. At the meeting today, USDA Undersecretary Robert Bonney will be featured. There will also be a discussion about crop inputs with leaders from the fertilizer, crop protection, and energy sectors. House Agriculture Committee Chair G.T. Thompson, Senate Ag Committee Chair Debbie Stabenow, and North Dakota Senator John Hoven are all on the program tomorrow. Our coverage from the American Sugar Beet Growers Association Annual Meeting is sponsored by Beta Seed, the Red River Valley Sugar Beet Growers Association, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Nutrien Ag Solutions, and Sess Vanderhoff. From Washington, D.C., I'm Don Wick. With more farm news, here's Randy Coonan. Thanks, Don. Commodity prices remain strong, but margins are being squeezed by high input costs. Red River Valley Sugar Beet Growers Association Executive Harrison Weber says that means agriculture will need more out of that next farm bill. You know, it might be strengthening the safety net with crop insurance. It, it might be some other tweaks in, in the way different programs are administered. Um, but, but collectively, uh, I think agriculture as a, as a whole is going to be going to Congress and asking for more, definitely. To be successful with the next farm bill, the sugar beet industry needs to build coalitions. We, we only have a, you know, 1.1 million acres across the United States uh, with sugar beets. And, uh, so, and certainly our growers are all raising corn, soybeans, wheat, barley, uh, you name it. And, and so we certainly want to continue our strong relationships with those other commodity groups. But we also work with a lot of non-traditional crops, at least in our growing region. So we work with folks like the, the cotton folks, the rice folks, the peanut folks. Uh, and so we, we work with those. We form those alliances as well. And, and I think that really, that really helps us, helps the entire agriculture coalition because, you know, we're, we're raising crop across the United States. And at the end of the day, a farmer is a farmer.
And outside of the Farm Bill, the American Sugar Beet Growers Association is fighting over-regulation. Vice President Neil Rockstead points to lawsuits coming out of the Ninth Circuit Court that have negatively impacted the use of certain crop protection products. The EPA responds with a sue-and-settle strategy. It's through litigation and lawsuits that we're, they are backed into a corner and then in turn the American producer is backed into a corner with the crop protection chemicals that they're able to use to produce that abundant crop that the world needs to feed its hungry people. So it's kind of a never-ending challenge on many different fronts for all of agriculture and sugar is not unique in that. Crop inputs are already high. Without a competitive product on the market, Rockstead says it just amplifies that expense. We have a good example in Europe who has made some bold and major moves to ban certain what we would deem safe products uh, and have demonstrated instances where industries have nearly failed in one growing season without an alternative. So we're trying to get that message through as all of agriculture that, look, we, we can't go there. Without an alternative, we are not going to be able to, to raise food for the American people and, and abroad. In addition to serving as vice president of the American Sugar Beet Growers Association, Rockstead is president of the Red River Valley Sugar Beet Growers Association and Rockstead Farms at Ada. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Responding to an advisory panel report submitted to the Canadian government that considers most of Prince Edward Island, or PEI, to be free of potato wart, the National Potato Council is calling on the Canadian Food Inspection Agency to fulfill its commitment to modernize its long-term management plan for Prince Edward Island's potato wart outbreak. While well, the report says potato wart has been found in 36 potato fields throughout PEI, the advisory panel considers most of the island to be pest-free. National Potato Council CEO Cam Coral says any declaration of Prince Edward Island being disease-free is premature. And the National Potato Council says the advisory panel that was made up of individuals from countries that already have potato wart, but no members from disease-free countries. South Dakota Representative Dusty Johnson reintroduced the A-plus Act and Butcher Block Act late last week. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has that story. Livestock Marketing Association Vice President of Government and Industry Affairs Chelsea Good says the amplifying processing of livestock in the United States Act would remove an outdated regulatory barrier by allowing livestock auction market owners to invest in small and regional meat packers. So we were really excited to see um, Congressman Alford and Panetta and Johnson uh, release the, the A-plus Act. There's a outdated rule that keeps livestock auction owners from being able to own or invest in packers. And we, we believe that we need more competition in the packing industry and more new players, especially in the small and regional packing space. And so we want to encourage people in our industry to invest in, in those businesses. And I'm really pleased to see uh, those Congress people take that stance with the A-plus Act. Good says despite the marketplace playing field evening out between packers and producers a little bit more this past year, this A-plus act is still relevant. You know, I think that uh, last Congress um, we saw the bill get a good number of co-sponsors, but um, unfortunately didn't have an opportunity to get a vote and move forward. And I just see that building momentum um, from last Congress to, you know, hopefully um, getting it across the finish line. Our, our perspective would be that, you know, that's something that we've seen recur in the livestock industry and 
certainly, you know, different times we'll, we'll go through different spots where we need more or less shackles, but from just a, a, a free market perspective, we think that the livestock auctions should have the capability to be able to be part of that solution. Reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Four Democratic members of the Senate Agriculture Committee, including Minnesota Senator Tina Smith, have introduced a bill to remove the tax liability for farms that are at financial risk. The proposal also addresses financial assistance for black farmers and others who have faced discrimination through USDA's farm lending program. Pre-estimates from the cattle range of the USDA cattle inventory report from uh, set to be released tomorrow uh, show the U.S. cow herd inventory sitting at 28.8 million head. That's a three-tenths of a percent decrease from the previous lowest count on record, and that from 2014, which was at 28.9 million head. Spring-based crop insurance prices will be set during the month of February. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says that could trigger the competition for acres. We're going to start setting insurance on corn and soybeans. So when we start to do that, uh, you know, the talk starts to bubble up. Is it better to plant corn or soybeans? So it's early, uh, most definitely, and, uh, you know, weather's going to be determining a lot of this uh, if you go forward. And Rose says deferred month corn prices do remain under pressure. The deferred months on corn just anchored. I think a little bit fearful that maybe we could see bigger acres, could see who wants to own 1.2, 1.3 billion bushels of corn come the 1st of uh, September. So uh, September corn has the most pressure here. The United States and the European Union will work together to develop artificial intelligence to improve agriculture, climate forecasting, and other key parts of the economy. An agreement was signed on Friday to accelerate that AI technology. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Minnesota Farm Bureau hosted their annual leadership conference over the weekend, bringing back a live shop talk with Minnesota Agriculture Commissioner Tom Peterson. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman was in Hinkley. With Minnesota expecting over $17 billion in budget surplus, Agriculture Commissioner Tom Peterson says the Department of Ag will concentrate on some one-time spending items. A lot of the things we're looking at is continue like meat processing dollars for uh, soil health, soil health grants. Uh, we have both grants and loans for soil health, so uh, no-till equipment, drills, uh, things like that as we see more and more farmers, uh, especially adding cover crops and no-till equipment. Our grants, which we have a grant open, by the way, till March 10th for farmers that want to look at our department for no-till uh, and uh, those type of equipments. Uh, funding for animal disease like avian influenza, African swine fever have to be really important. And then different programs to help us transfer the farm, whether it's a down payment assistance program, things like that, very important. Peterson also says something important to his job is keeping an eye on not just what's happening in the House and Senate Ag Committees. Tax and Environment Committees also impact farmers and ranchers' daily lives. 
Things like chronic wasting disease uh, touch like uh, deer farmers, deer hunters, farmers in general like mine that have a lot of deer on their farm. So those deer issues go into the Environment Committee. Uh, a lot of our um, uh, company's feedlots are under the Pollution Control Agency. So you look at uh, taxes, our beginning farmer tax credit, the Ag to School tax credit, and the Tax Committee. So we're always uh, looking and working across those uh, different committees, but all good things uh, if we can figure them out. Reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. Ag Country Farm Credit Services will be sending out $83.5 million in patronage and cash dividends in March. That compares to $76 million a year ago. Ag Country President and CEO Mark Nisley says farmers and ranchers finished 2022 in a strong position financially. People, for the most part, producers and, and, and farmers and ranchers have accumulated a f pretty good um, uh, balance sheet structure and pretty good working capital, and, and I think they're, they're going into this next year pretty optimistic. And, and um, you know, I, I think risk mitigators are in place. You know, producers are good about using crop insurance and livestock insurance where they can to, to mitigate risk. And, and, you know, we've worked really hard as a cooperative to, to do as much as we could with fixed interest rates and really making sure that, that we you know, were able to kind of take some of that interest rate risk or allow producers to take some of that interest rate risk away. Checking markets before we leave you this morning. March wheat, Minneapolis right now a half penny higher. July's up two and a half. Chicago, March wheat, six and a quarter higher. And Kansas City, nine and a quarter higher. March corn, three and a quarter higher. Uh, at 686 and a quarter. December corn's up three and a quarter at 590 and a half. March soybeans are 19 cents higher at 1528 and three quarters. November soybeans 11 and three quarter cents higher, 1363. On the farm calendar, the uh, American Sugar Beet Growers Association's annual convention continues out through Tuesday. Uh, and you'll be listening for more reports from Don Wick, who is at that meeting in Washington, D.C. Also, the East Polk County Crop Improvement Association's annual meeting is today. That gets underway with a noon lunch, and the meeting begins at 1230. Well, thanks for joining us. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.